are getting better. Instead of a big dark blur, I see a big light blur. There's nothing to see. I used to live here, you know. You're gonna die here, you know. Convenient. Just stick close to Chewie and Lando. I'm taking care of everything. Oh, great. Bucketheads, Mavar Tigar, welcome to our special May the 4th Be With You bonus show. Happy May the 4th Be With You. It is the day to celebrate all things Star Wars. I mean, we kind of do that in this podcast all day, every day. But let's make a thing of it with the rest of the people who maybe don't. So make sure you're wearing all your great Star Wars gear to work today. Be quoting the films relentlessly, enough to annoy your co-workers, bosses, customers. Don't let them forget what day it is. And then uh, uh, t- uh, t- the next day, Friday, Revenge of the Fifth? Revenge of the Fifth? Revenge of the Fifth? For the Sith? Get crazy. We got two days to get nuts and just let our Star Wars flags fly high. So do not question any decision you make that's Star Wars related. Just do it. All right? Go for it. <laughs> Well, uh, hopefully you are already a member of Buckethead Nation and you know what this show is all about. But if you're new here, welcome aboard. Find us on social media. We're at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. And again, we are a Mando-based podcast, but it's all encompassing Star Wars action, just in case you're new here. So yeah, happy May the 4th. What a great day to, to, to be a Star Wars fan. Get out there, do your thing. But, but more importantly, uh, we're here to talk specifically about Return of the Jedi, which I, I, I believe today is the last day you can see it in, in theaters for its 40th anniversary. Uh, maybe they'll, ha- they'll have some uh, later screenings on the actual 40th anniversary on May 23rd. I'm not positive on that. But at the very least, we've, we've had a week, and I know a lot of people uh, that I follow on social media have gone to see the film, uh, and 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 I was delighted to go and see the film again. That's what we're here to talk about. I went back to the theaters to see Star Wars Return of the Jedi on the big screen for the first time, well, since, <laughs> this is, since the special editions originally came out back in, the, what was it, 97, 98? I think 97 for the special editions. And... It was, you know, again, because that's that's sort of the movie that we're seeing, right? Like, that's what the version is of 
that they're playing is the special edition version, you know, with some of the, some of the alterations, the enhanced special effects, all, the, all those various things. But, but 40 years ago, roughly, I sat in a the movie theater with my family and watched Return of the Jedi, uh, the original edit in 1983, and it was impactful. I, and, and that may not even be strong enough of a word because uh, I, I, I Again, I may be fuzzy on it. I, I do not know for certain if I had seen Empire, or, uh, original Star Wars A New Hope or Empire beforehand. I think we just ended up in the theater to see Return of the Jedi, and this might have been my first experience really seeing Star Wars. Uh, so that's what this episode is going to be about. I'm going I'm to do some recollecting or do some recalling. We're going to talk about it. We'll talk about my experience in the theater watching the movie and um, why it was kind of special because I did something this time around. I have to confess to being somewhat of 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 a. I will just say I'm, I'm I can be a smidge selfish sometimes. I think about me, and and I'm like, well, I'm gonna go see Return of the Jedi, and and the more I thought about it, the more uh, I sort of chewed on the idea because I, I did want to go see it with some friends, but but you know, my work schedule is very different from a lot of other people's, so the odds of it lining up in in, in a fashion where I could go see it with movie uh, with with friends who would appreciate the movie as much as me. Uh, that was going to be more challenging. Uh, and then an idea struck my brain. And I had to, I had to, I had to follow up on it because I, I, was, I really, really, really enjoyed the, this idea. And, and it was simple. It was easy. Um, at the same time, when I became aware that Return of the Jedi would be, would be in theaters, I was also attempting to coordinate uh, getting together to visit my mother. And incidentally enough, 40 years ago, she took me to the movies to see Return of the Jedi. So I thought for the 40th anniversary, I would flip the script and take my mom to go see Return of the Jedi, which is exactly what I did. Uh, my brother Mark was invited along, of course, but again, uh, since I'm working more of a non-traditional schedule, he was stuck doing work things. And so we got to go see Return of the Jedi, my mother and I. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I can't even beat around the bush about it. But we'll talk about that experience a little bit more uh, after the break so yeah return of the jedi 1983 that's when it first came out may 23rd it's been almost 40 years coming up this month uh directed by richard marquand written by lawrence kasdan and george lucas starring our all of our favorites mark hamill carrie fisher you got harrison ford and david prouse and 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 you know anthony daniels and and the the, the it's the, the 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 team the dream team of star wars <laughs> I can't even imagine like reading the cast list to you guys because it's, it's like how did we not know all these people already? I mean, it's it's just so burdened to our brains. I mean, you know, Billy Diaz Lando, and and Peter Mayhew, of course, as Chewbacca. The introduction, the first time this is the first time we see Ian, Ian McDermott as Emperor Palpatine, or just the Emperor. He's not even Palpatine at this point. He's just the Emperor. You know, if, if I didn't mention James Earl Jones, obviously James Earl Jones. The return, uh, the the brief cameo of of Alec Guinness. Uh, of, of Frank Oz doing magic with Yoda. I mean, uh, and, and I shouldn't, I can't and shouldn't forget Kenny Baker. And of course, uh, uh, the, Dennis Lawson returning as Wedge. And <laughs> and Jeremy Bullock as Boba Fett, the, the, the patriarch of this podcast. You got to mention him. There's so many people that so impactful, uh, not just on me, but on, on, on my generation. You know, like this is, this was like, this was the last hurrah of, of our heroes from the Star Wars Galaxy. So let's go ahead and talk about it more in depth uh, after this. But you know what that means. It is time 
Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Everything that has transpired has done so according to my design. Your friends up there on the sanctuary moon are walking into a trap, as is your rebel fleet. It was I who allowed the Alliance to know the location of the shield generator. It is quite safe from your pitiful little band. An entire legion of my best troops awakes them. Oh, I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive. So let's set the stage in the Wayback Machine <laughs> just a little bit here, because we're going back in time. We're going back to 1983, June of 1983 to be specific. Now... I have attempted to uh, <laughs> I have attempted to put my memories into some something of, of, of a story flow, right? I ran it past my mother when we went to the screening. She said that sounded right to her, but, but she freely admitted that she has basically zero recollection of much of it <laughs> other than us actually going. So what I'm about to to share, what I'm about to tell you, uh, if anyone out there, mostly most specifically my brother himself, uh, it, were to refute this in any way, by all means, reach out, let me know, and I will, I will uh, publish a correction. But I verified as much of the facts as I could. <laughs> I checked some dates on some historical documents that, that uh, you know, would co help corroborate things a little bit. So I think I have a fairly decent recollection <laughs> for, for a person as young as I was. <laughs> 1983, June of 1983. I was not yet five years old, uh, and it's, I know it's June because uh, it's, it's, it's a Sunday morning. We're in Rockville, Maryland, and uh, my father's home. He has the Sunday paper, and, and apparently there was a – I don't know if it was a discussion between my mother and my father or if my dad was just very impromptu, like, hey, why don't we all go to the movies today? There's some, there's some movies out we can check out. So two movies in particular have, have, have sort of – been approved as as like the family friendly let's pick between these two so my father using the sunday paper uh because back in the back back in in this time in, of, of of life the sunday paper held all the information in the world it had the movie times it, it had advertisements it and they printed up uh, the, the the posters as part of the advertisements for for the films for the for the big weekends right like movie theaters still want to do all their business on the weekend so my father Shows my brother and I, my brother who's not yet three, if I have the math right on that, but real close. He's real close to that age. So uh, <laughs> my dad has the newspaper in front of us, and he wants us to, to point at the movie that we want to see between the two that he will show us the posters for. The first is Return of the, Je of the Jedi with that striking Drew Struzan art. It's only, you know, it's in black and white newsprint. But it, it's still striking and evocative, you know, the, the big uh, image of Luke Skywalker with his laser sword and, and all the sort of different elements that are uh, incorporated into, into that, that theatrical poster for Return of the Jedi. It's, it's, it's seared into all of our brains, and, and I'm just staring at it, and, and I remember being just like, wow, that looks like everything. And, and my brother, my little brother— points at it first 
points at it first as I was sort of mesmerized by uh, the, the, the beauty of it all. He pointed to it first. Now, some of you who know me, some of you who may know my brother, some of you know us both, you know that we have had something of a, uh, I don't want to say adversarial, but, but a lot of the times in our relationship, we, we've chosen to be the contrarian to the other person. Uh, so when my little brother picture pointed at the Return of the Jedi poster first, I got sad. I remember getting sad and, and sort of out of, out of, out of um, the need to be the opposite of him. I pointed at the other poster as the movie I wanted to go see. That poster, my friends, was was for the other one of the other big summer pictures for the summer of 1983. Uh, this would be for Superman three, and that movie poster was, you know, Christopher Reeve holding Richard Pryor in his arms, flying away from the desert. And, and, you know, I, I think the only thing I, I don't even know if I knew who Richard Pryor was at that, at that point. I don't think I'd, I don't think the toy had been out yet. So I don't think I was familiar with Richard Pryor. I just saw a guy flying with Richard Pryor in his arms, even though I had no idea who Richard Pryor was. But again, I point at this poster to be contrarian, to be different, to not pick the same thing that my little brother did. And so my dad decides that uh, the, the, the best way to, to settle this is by a coin toss. Now, this is the part of the story I don't have any actual recollection of uh, picking heads or tails or how that was decided. I do not know. I do not recall. All I know is my dad tossed the coin. And again, my dad not above, you know, misleading <laughs> young children <laughs> into kind of getting to what he wants to go see. So he could have said call it in the air and then just – said whatever he wanted to say. It could have been it could have landed on whatever one of us called. He would have said the opposite, depending on who he asked to make the call. I don't remember the exact details. But regardless, the result of the coin toss, whether he played it straight or not, was that we would go see Return of the Jedi. So my fate hinged on a coin toss and whether or not my father was honest with us or was running into deception because he was like, I'd rather go see Return of the Jedi than uh, Christopher Reeve carrying Richard Pryor in his arms. So, so that was the choice. The, that, that, the choice was made, and we would head down to, to the old original, the OG Wheaton Plaza in, in Wheaton, Maryland, to go see Return of the Jedi. And there are several movies where, where the, the cinematic experience is burned into my young brain. Uh, this is one of those films. Return of the Jedi was one of those movies where everything I saw was fascinating and intense and captivating. It held the attention of a young child's mind. Um, specifically, in particular, was two big things. And I, one of them I suspect you'll know exactly where I'm going as, as a person of my age at the time. And that was the Ewoks. The Ewoks. I mean, I was a kid. The Ewoks were amazing. They were awesome. They were super, super cool. And, and I've lived my life so long that I've gone full circle on the Ewoks, you know? When I turned into a teenager in my 20s, I was like, ah, I don't know about those Ewoks. <clears throat> I'm not so sure I'm crazy about those Ewoks. Now that I'm 40 again, I'm like, you know what, Ewoks, they're, they're pretty, pretty freaking cool. I'm all, I'm all good on the Ewoks again. <laughs> so it was just, such is life, right? We all go full circle on these things at some point. The other 
thing that really captured me, that really focused me on on what I was seeing on the screen, was, was Jabba's palace. Uh, it, it it was this just wonderful uh, menagerie of, of of creatures and alien species, and you know, much like what happened in '77 when when Luke Skywalker and Obi Wan Kenobi walk into the cantina in Mos Eisley, you know, we're inter- introduced to uh, the Star Wars galaxy having a drink, basically. This time around, it's, it's again, reminiscent of that scene, but it's darker. It's day more dangerous. You know, we're in the palace of this, this inter, intergalactic gangster. Uh, so they're all criminal. They're all seedy characters. But, you know, for the first time since the original Star Wars, uh, so many different species of of the Star Wars galaxy are introduced, are, are, are met, we meet, you know, we meet uh, Twi'leks and we meet Gamorrean guards, we meet uh, Klaatuinians and, and Nikto and, and so many, many more. I mean, the, the Star Wars galaxy really get, gets filled out with, with species. Uh, the, the Rees, the, the, I think, gosh, who else is in these? There's so, again, there's so many of them. It's just overwhelming. Trying to trying to trying to name every single character that showed up in the background of of a of a frame for ten sec for a quarter for ten <laughs> for ten tenths of a second or whatever or for one tenth of a second excuse me, uh, it, it it was just one of those things where you're like you were just you just were it was sensory overload in in a sense for for my young brain, and I, I was instantly captivated by all of it, and 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 it's it's again it's it, that is one of those m- moments that's seared in my head. You know, the stuff with the lightsabers and all the, the, the roar of the music and the spaceships and the space battles, that's all in there too. But the things that stand out the most were, were, the, were was Jabba's Palace and, and, and the Ewoks. That was what my young brain gravitated to the most. Like a lot of the, the action stuff was just like, was so mind-blowing, was so all-encompassing that it, it, it took, you know, several years, you know, to finally get to really understand the scope of what was happening on the screen and some of the other other scenes, you know, like the Jabba is very the Jabba stuff is very contained. Stuff with the Ewoks, you can very focus that on for 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 a child, you know. the 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 struggle for Luke that the soul of Luke Skywalker was a little beyond my grasp. I just knew I liked the red and green lightsabers. That was the fun part there. Uh, so so Return of the Jedi has always been like very near and dear to my heart. And again, I've, I've the the chronology of my history of watching Star Wars. Uh, maybe a little fuzzy. I don't remember specifically if we saw Jedi first, and then later on we would see A New Hope and Empire. Um, but I know that by you know a couple years later we'd seen them all, and it very whether it was through watching them on network television when they would play, or uh, it, it would be uh, going over to our neighbor's house who had cable and had taped movies off of off of their uh, off their off of HBO or whatever. You know, that was that was a big introduction for us to watch Star Wars whenever we could. And obviously the toys, the toys were huge as well. And you know, there's the cynics out there will be like, "Oh, Return of the Jedi was just, you know, Lucas making all these new things up so that he could sell more toys and 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 get all these, you know, so he could develop ILM and do all these other things." It's like I look at that now and I'm like, "Okay. <laughs> I like the toys. I didn't have a problem with that. That was okay by me." My parents didn't have a problem buying me the toys when they could. It was no, not, not a big thing. More things for me to play with from Star Wars, that was a good thing. I was A-okay with that. Uh, and, and so, uh, that, you know, Return of the Jedi, a big part of everything. 
that Christmas, Return of the Jedi was a big part of everything because all the toys were there. And and one of my, one of our favorites was uh, the speeder bike toy. That was was a great toy, and the, with the little button on the back that would make it explode, which I know uh, Hasbro just did as part of like their Kenner Vintage Collection, right? So they just put the speeder bike back on the market, and it's I have it, and it's like it's glorious. It's, I mean, it, it it takes me back to to that Christmas in 1983 where we had that toy. It was it, it was it was everything. It was great. Um, so Return of the Jedi is very, very special. And just to kind of put a bow on, on, on some of the, my Star Wars youth here, uh, I don't think we got a VCR until 1987 or possibly 88. Uh, and it was shortly after that that uh, my mother signed up and, and joined the, what is it, Columbia House Video Club where you could order the VHSs. And this is in a time when VHS tapes, I want you to think about this. A VHS tape could cost... A hundred dollars. That's insane. <laughs> that is just completely bananas. But there was all kinds of weird licensing things with videotapes at the time that, that, that really made the pricing on them uh, outlandish. But somehow, some way, the, they they you know nickled and dimed, and, and my parents got us the Star Wars trilogy on on VHS, and we wore those tapes out. I think to this day, uh, my brother has the original VHS tapes that we have. I think those are still in his possession, and uh, I have. Many other iterations of the Star Wars trilogy, several on VHS still, <laughs> because hey, that's just how it is. <laughs> but, but yeah, so like that, that Return of the Jedi, I think, is really sort of what what uh, fomented the love of Star Wars. Like this was really, really our introduction point to to being Star Wars fans. And for a long time, Return of the Jedi was was a, was still our favorite. You know, when I got older. Uh, it, it became, you know, going back and forth between episode four and episode five, between New Hope and Empire, um, and then, you know, Return of the Jedi kind of became third. But it, again, I, when I loop back around, I'm like, you know, it's, that's not like a diminishing thing. It's just sort of like I understood different elements of it better. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get into like the technical processes of, of, of Richard Marquand versus George Lucas versus Irving Kirshner. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff on Jedi that that sort of can change your opinion on things a little bit, and we won't, we don't want to go into that because this is a celebration of the 40th anniversary. So, again, the movie's back out in theaters now. You can go see it. You can relive these amazing moments for yourself. It was interesting. Again, I, I sort of mentioned it at the beginning. It was a little interesting. It was a little disappointing, in a sense, for me, that it is essentially the special edition which is still being played in theaters uh and and there hasn't been much of a uh, or, or zero interest in anyone sort of digging up old prints of the original the unaltered special uh, the unaltered version of return of the jedi and now i suspect these probably do exist there's, there's probably film collectors somewhere that have original prints and maybe they make uh play they maybe they play at small theaters around the country here and there um i don't know much about that scene. I don't know of, uh, sort of about that uh, uh, film underground that may exist out there of, of, of collectors who have the, the original prints of, of things from you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Uh, but I do know that there are people out there who do do that stuff. So there's probably prints to find. Disney probably wants them all back, though. <laughs> so they probably have, have hired uh, Boba Fett and Dengar to, to recover these. So whoever has these prints is probably laying low. I do, however, have one of the original uh, – I have, like, the only time the originals came out on DVD. 
uh, was when they re what year was that? Was that 2006 that they put those out on DVD as like a secondary disc, almost as like a bonus feature? You could have the OG version of the original trilogy on each of the films. Uh, so I have that, and that's wonderful, and that's nice. Because, again, there's a lot of things in the special editions that's fun. That's nice, the, you know, the bumping up the, of the graphics, the effects, all that, you know, making it look sharper and nicer and representing that picture and, and upping the sound quality uh, is glorious. But I don't, I don't, I don't need uh, the Jedi rocks bit in Jedi. I don't. I like the original uh, love nub ending of Return of the Jedi with the Ewok celebration. So <laughs> the changes that they made, I, I get it, and you know, and I and I, I, I get. I've come around on why they and why they included uh, Hayden Christensen's Force Ghost and and, and replaced uh, Sebastian uh, Sebastian Shaw's. Force Ghost of Anakin Skywalker. I, I get all these things. I understand all of them. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very nostalgic for that that OG print, and and I will throw that onto the DVD player every now and then just to kind of watch it the old way, the way that I remember seeing it on on sort of a grainy VHS player back in the day. Um, yeah, it's, it's 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 so fun to watch Star Wars, and again, I'm sitting there in the theaters, and in Return of the Jedi is a film I think we've all watched. You know, if if not dozens of times, possibly hundreds of times at this point in, in our lives, and you know, I'm sitting there and I'm watching it, and I'm just so immersed. Initially, you know, okay, hold on, let, let me go back a little bit. Let me let me let me pause this for a second before I kind of go down this rabbit hole. I I do have to say, when the 20th Century Fox fanfare began, and and John Williams's Star Wars Overture hit the screen, and the words, you know hit the screen and the, and the pullback of Star Wars and the, the, the rising of the scroll. Um, I got, I got, a, I got a, a tad emotional. I got, a, I got really like, oh my gosh, I'm watching Star Wars again in a movie theater. And I know I've said it before on the podcast that Star Wars does belong in the cinemas. But it wasn't until this screening that I was like really, really reminded of just how special it is to see Star Wars on the big screen. You know, it's it's been since 2019 that we had Star Wars in in, in theaters. Though I did hear there were some uh, limited screenings of the Mandalorian <laughs> season finale on in in theaters. But again, it's not quite the same. It's not that it doesn't have that that gravitas of of seeing just the big Star Wars font up across the screen, the giant logo, and John Williams' music blaring, blasting in in amazing sound quality. Was the Dolby Digital sound quality? Uh, just blowing your eardrums out and, and rocking you into the back of your seat in the theater. It's, it's, it's incredible to have that experience for Star Wars in the movie theaters. So if, if, if by chance you hear this on, on, on Thursday, May the 4th, and you still have time to go to the theater to see Return of the Jedi before it's out, stop what you're doing and go. Just go and, and, and it, just soak it all in because it's going to be a few more years before Star Wars is back in the theaters and listen we don't know what's going to happen with those new films we don't know but i know what happens in return of the jedi and i was here for all of it <laughs> i loved seeing it hearing it again the the, the opening shots the the star destroyers rolling overhead that low rumble of their engines you know vibrating the walls of the theater it, it was it was very impactful and it took me back in time it really really did now did it take, take me all the way back to 83 i don't know because again I, the, the certain moments are seared in my brain are very different than what 
I appreciate about the film now. You know, I, I have very little recollection in 83 of my impression of, uh, of the Emperor, other than he was kind of scary. You know, I watch it now, and I'm just delighted by, by Ian McDermott's uh, performance. It's, it's, it's wicked, it's sinister, it's captivating, it's, it's, it's kind of fun, and it has this, his cackling abilities are off the charts. You know, he has like that one like, contact lens that's like slightly off-centered, which is still, still kind of weirds me out a little bit. <laughs> you know, and there's still things in, and again, there's still things in this, even the special edition, they didn't go back and fix. You know, you'll still see the shot of Boba Fett's, uh, 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 you know, guidance antenna on the wrong side of his helmet. They, they somehow flipped that film. And, and no one's gone back to change that. You know, I, I, it was sort of interesting to, 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 to look at certain things in this and, and wonder why they haven't tweaked it. And I don't know if there was something in the contract that Lucas put in there. It's like, hey, these are, the, these, are, these are done now. You guys can't mess with them anymore, even though they kind of still do. You know, we all, we all know about the McClunky incident uh, when they first went on to Disney Plus uh, for, for A New Hope. So, I, you know, I don't know why they haven't made little small tweaks here and there on things. You know, I'm sort of, part of me sort of surprised that when I queue up Return of the Jedi on Disney Plus and, and we go to the Emperor's arrival on the second Death Star, that um, you know, we, we, don't, we don't see, like, Death Troopers inserted, in, in, you know, into, into, the, into the, the, the parade formation of Imperials. You know, there, there's, like, little elements like that that I'm, like, I'm sort of wondering, like, why, you know, just how long until Disney decides to start messing with these? You know, or do they have to wait for, for, you know, is there some sort of lifespan on George Lucas's contract? Does he have to pass away first before they can start altering things? You know, I, I, but I, try, I tried to stop that train of thought. I didn't want to go there. I had to stop and pull myself back. I was like, just enjoy the movie. Stop thinking about the other elements of things. And, and it, again, Jedi is a movie that, we, we, that I have so much fun with. And, and it's fun to watch Luke and his struggles uh, to, to, to take on the Emperor, to take on his father, Darth Vader. Uh, but, I, you know, I was really reminded how much I enjoyed Luke's transformation from Empire to when we catch up with him in Jedi. You know, there's a lot of ground to fill in there to when he becomes this very, you know, much more confident character in Return of the Jedi. And, you know, if you're reading the Star Wars comics, you know that Charles Soule's doing a really, really nice job of sort of dealing with Luke in the aftermath of his failures on Bespin, uh, the loss of his hand, the loss of, you know, the, the finding out the truth about his, about Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker, and, and, and sort of, again, him growing into the character that we will meet in Return of the Jedi. Uh, Charles Soule is doing a fantastic job kind of uh, developing that, that, that stretch of time to shape Luke in, in such an uh, interesting, fundamentally enjoyable way. Uh, but, but again, just sort of speaking to the films alone, that transition is wonderful, and Mark Hamill is wonderful in it, and, 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 and getting to see him with that confidence. And again, it's another, another little slide, you know, makes you sort of wonder, like, oh, man, where, why couldn't we have this Luke in the sequel trilogy? But that is a digression for another day, so we'll, we'll hold off on that. Uh, another, another big impression from watching Return of the Jedi this time around, too, was, like, was sort of the, the – I was sort of reminded how much or, – or maybe, maybe how much isn't the right way to phrase it, but just how, how unique – and how seared into my brain. For the longest time, my idea of the Death Star was always the second Death Star, like the half-completed, you know, with like the the, the, the scaffolding broken off and, and looking into space, just just rough around the edges. Not the classic spherical Death Star from from A New Hope. 
And I don't know what, if I don't know. Again, I think that's more of the evidence that that Jedi was my first experience with Star Wars because for so long I always thought it was weird to see the Death Star as like just like the giant completed spherical ball. <laughs> to me, the Death Star was like that giant, massive, half-completed thing over the moon of Endor. And and I was sort of reminded of that watching the film on the big screen this time. But it, it's it's just pure magic to watch Star Wars in 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 cinemas, specifically. The, for me, the original trilogy. You know, I, I bet there's a, a, a younger generation who feels the same way if they get a chance to go and watch, uh, uh, you know, Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith. If they get a chance to revisit those in the big screen at some point down the road, I think they'll have a similar uh, experience that I did, and and that's wonderful. And and everyone's Star Wars experience is, is is so unique and different and wonderful, but it all brings us together, right? Like all of us have a Star Wars story that is similar yet vastly different and it, it's what connects us all like like the force itself it binds us together uh and and for me jedi is, is a massive massive part of it so it's celebrating its 40th anniversary uh this month is is really really special i think the film has has aged in, incredibly well you know like i said when i was uh a, a more of a, a uh, young jerk <laughs> i might have had some attitude issues with with jedi i might have gotten silly about the the ewoks and and you know all, all the puppetry and stuff like that now i did now i'm just i'm all about it i embrace it all like this is this is what got me into star wars and and so i i, I treat it very very dearly i consider it very near and dear to my heart and and yeah i don't know what else to say about it it, it again it's a it's this wonderfully cinematic experience that I can't recommend enough. Uh, especially if you're in my age bracket, you, you know already. Uh, younger audiences, I, I, th I think seeing Jedi on the big screen is, is a lot of fun. And, and it's just a great picture. I mean, it's, again, if you want to be the curmudgeon, you can say, like, oh, well, Lucas opted for the happy endings, you know, instead of what he had really originally conceived. Um, you know, blah, 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 money for the toys, blah, blah, blah. You know, you can be real cynical about these things. And, and you know, there, you know we've, we've read the information over the years. We've seen the interviews with, like, Gary Kurtz and, and other people who were involved in sort of, like, the earlier drafts of Star Wars and how it was originally going to end and all these different things. And, you know, they all sound great and interesting and fascinating, but this is the Star Wars that we got, and uh, it means a lot to me. And, and the, the, that's kind of where I want to leave things because... Uh, again, watching this movie in the big screen reminded me of just how special it was, uh, how great it is, enjoyable, fun. Again, it puts an end. It, it gives all the characters uh, just, I think, a really nice and fun, happy send off. And you know, maybe the fan of high drama that I have become can can see like, oh, well, maybe if X, Y, and Z had made made like this heroic sacrifice, blah, blah, blah. In, it's not that's not what Star Wars became, you know. Maybe Lucas had original different ideas originally for how that was going to go. He ultimately saw Star Wars for what it was, and that was for you know. And I don't say it in a, in a derogatory fashion, but you know, wholesome family entertainment. They're they're fairy tales that he, that he created, and and that's magic. That's simply magic uh, because it transcends time. It. In a lot of senses, it transcends cinema. Like you and I could sit here and tell the story of Star Wars without having to have a single thing on the screen, and people would be fascinated by what we're telling them. Much like C-3PO does to the Ewoks, tells them the story of Luke and Han and Leia's adventures, 
and it wins over the Ewoks. They, they, that is what Star Wars is. That again, you and I sit around with a bunch of people who've never heard of Star Wars, don't know anything about it. They haven't had TVs for fifty years. They don't know anything. You tell them that story. You tell me they're not going to be fascinated by what you're telling them. Get out of here. That's magic. That's storytelling magic. And and that's that's why Star Wars is so special to me. And I think that's where I'm going to leave things because I, I don't know. I don't want to keep going down that rabbit hole. I could talk about this all day. You know I could, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. So, uh, thank you so much for being here for for my reminiscing on Return of the Jedi. Again, if you get a chance to listen to to to, to, to see it in theaters, I hope you took it to, took the opportunity. If you haven't done it yet, hurry up. What are you waiting for? I don't think it's out for much longer. So go and do it. It is magic. Okay, my name is Tom. Nargai Tom, <laughs> and thank you so much for checking out this small independent Star Wars podcast. We are the Mandovision Podcast. Uh, the best way to find us is, of course, on social media, at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandovisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, and sharing the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. All right, uh, just a quick programming note. We will pause. We will, uh, I shouldn't even say pause because we haven't started. We're going to push back. Our Star Wars, The Clone Wars rewatches by another week uh, because of the new content that's dropping on Disney Plus tomorrow or, or today for May the 4th. Uh, we're going to do another bonus episode where we talk about uh, Visions Volume 2. So that will be next. That will be the next podcast you get from me. Uh, and then after that, I think we're going to be in a good spot and we'll, we will kick off Star Wars, The Clone Wars rewatches uh, with, with minimal interruptions to the programming schedule. <laughs> it's it sort of with with uh, May the Fourth landing on a Thursday. It may it was going to make it very difficult to get a couple shows out this week. So we'll record on Star Wars Visions Volume Two and drop that next week for you all. And it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. So again, thanks for checking out the podcast. Thanks for being here. We'll be back next week. Uh, just continue to be great Star Wars fans. This is our day right now. May the 4th be with you in Revenge of the 5th on Friday. Star Wars it up, my friends. Let's get out there. And uh, this is two days where you can just keep on, keep your bucket strapped on for two days in a row. You know, maybe keep some mints in there. You don't want to have anything too garlicky before you put the bucket on. But remember, just just keep that in mind for for your own benefits, you know? All right, my friends. Remember, this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Admiral, we have enemy ships in sector 47. It's a trap. <laughs>